1: By this time next week, the Major League Baseball trade deadline will be in our rearview mirror, and so will the first NFL preseason game. So this is it. The last weekend of not having football games and Major League Baseball trades, that's all going to be in the back burner. So let's get this weekend started the right way. Fantasy Sports Today starts now.
2: I'd like to talk a little bit about sports. Fantasy Sports Today. Well hit,
3: For three puts it
1: in! Former Major League player John King when
3: well, we got Darren Dalton Craig Council. It just changed the whole uh, dynamic of the team. It, uh, Darren brought that, that captain, that swag, that, you know, whole bar none, you know, leave it on the field. And, you know, and it just it, it changed our persona and the way we went about our business. And we went on a roll. As soon as we got Darren Dahl, we went on a roll. And I think we uh, we went from third place in the wild card to first place within a month.
1: Mitch Garver, five home runs in last seven games. Uh, is Mitch Garver the best catcher in fantasy baseball, Joe? Is that possible? He's the best return-on-investment catcher. I own him in the TGFBI, and I own shares of him in my home league. And this is, you
3: know, it's funny. And I'll be 100% honest. I, I did not think Mitch Garver would be this good. But all my research led me to believe Mitch Garver could be good enough for free.
1: And that's how I looked at him I'm heading into this year's. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports today. I am Craig Mish, and we are going to be here for the next two hours talking fantasy sports with you. A little bit of reality as well. This is uh, Sean producing the program today. It's his last day here on the gig, as uh, Chris will return from his vacation next week. We appreciate all of Sean's contributions as well. You can dial up the show eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. We got three up, three down. Coming up. A little bit later in the call, we'll do a little You Make the Call. We're locked and loaded with guests today on the baseball side, little football side too. Michael Waldo will join us at 1240 Eastern from Fantistics. We got Frank Stanfield. His show is coming up, Fantasy BFFs. We'll weigh in with Frank, who's uh, has some strong opinions with uh, Noah Syndergaard and the Mets and the Yankees. So we thought we'd bring Frank in. He'll give a preview of his show today, do some baseball, some football with him. And then Fantasy Alarms' Matt Sells will be along We'll do baseball, a little bit of football, and uh, he's actually, I don't know, for those people who don't, if you don't know Matt Sells, he was the NASCAR Writer of the Year for the FS, I believe it's the FSGA now, but he was the Writer of the Year for NASCAR a year ago, so uh, he'll give a quick opinion on that for those of you who are interested in NASCAR, so that kind of starts off our show with our guests I'm going to start off the show with the hottest rumors in fa- in baseball right now, in fantasy. And we are going to have these coming in, by the way. Next week's going to be fun. Monday, Tuesday, even Wednesday. It'll be a blast to go over what's going on in the game. But uh, Noah Syndergaard, that seems to be at least the biggest name that's being thrown out there quite a bit. Now, look, this is very similar, and I'm not going to get ahead of myself here. I was at the winter meetings in Las Vegas. It was a lot of rumors. It was all talk. It was no action. I get it, and it very well could be the case coming up next week. I don't know the answer to that. But as I said on the show yesterday, and look and you see what's happening now, I I mean, look, I'm not going to be right about everything. I'll be wrong about a lot of things, and unlike some other people in our community or industry, I will always admit when I'm wrong. But on this one, I told you yesterday, the Mets need to sell this player. I mean, it is a matter of understanding. The Mets have gotten out of Noah Syndergaard everything they possibly can. It may not even be Syndergaard's fault. It may be the Mets' fault. We don't know. Is it selling high? Is it selling low? Is it making a mistake? He just needs to go somewhere else. And some team uh, that's chasing the postseason, maybe they can make him into the player that I think a lot of Mets fans want. And look, Mets fans think he, he's popular and he's outspoken and he's Thor and he's got the hair, but the Mets are going nowhere and, and they're not going to be winning next year or the year after that. I see people online saying, well, will we get Cespedes back next year? The Mets' trades were awful. They traded away Jared Kalenic, who's going to be a star, Al star, first-round pick. They traded Justin Dunn, a pitcher, first-round pick. It just—they signed Jed Lowry, hasn't played a game, and th- this comedy has just gone on for too long. It's just—they it, need to hit the reset button with Jacob Degrom, I do think, and with Jeff McNeil and with Pete Alonso. But in terms of Syndergaard, it's time to sell, and 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 I and I and I think that Houston is the best spot for him. I think that the Mets could live with it a little more if the return on the trade was very good. And I know that I saw a story. I think it was from. Uh, either Joel Sherman or Ken Rosenthal, so I apologize about that. But the story basically is that the Mets would be afraid that he ends up with some team and he's much better. Well, no bleep. I mean, he's, he's probably going to be much better than where he was with the Mets. But at the same time, if it's not the Yankees and you don't have to see him and hear about him in New York all the time, and it's Houston and Houston makes him into something great, and you get Kyle Tucker in return, and Kyle Tucker ends up being a star, then you're, you're happy with that. But, uh, you know, the, the Major League-ready guys, they got to forget about that. They need to get prospects. The Mets need to build for the future and look at things in two years from now and and just realize that they made a mistake it's, it, and really try to correct the mistake that they made in the offseason. Edwin Diaz, like who trades for a closer like that? It just, it's just it just never works out. The top two closers last year were who? Uh, Diaz and Trinan? How have they done I mean, Kenley Jansen got all that money for the Dodgers. I think he's still got like three years left on his deal. It's just it just baseball, honestly, 101. You're in New York. You're Brody Van Wagenen. You want to come in. You want to take over. And you want to make an impression on your fan base. And he did it. But you can only you know talk so much without having any action. And the Mets, again, in 2019 have no action. And meanwhile, the Nationals are way ahead of them. The Braves are young and way ahead of them. The Marlins are not that far behind them with all these young kids coming up in the minors now all of a sudden. It's just, it's it's the way that the Mets have to go. And and by the way, they don't have to do a full reset. They got some nice pieces there. DeGrom, McNeil, and Pete Alonzo. So, you know, take a step back next year. And in two years, the kids that you get for Syndergaard end up being players. And you're right back where you need to be. But this player needs to be traded, I think. And uh, not to the Yankees, but he does need to be traded to another team, that is for sure, in my opinion. All right, we'll take a quick timeout. We got three up, three down coming up next, and Michael Waldo will join us. You're listening to Fantasy Sports today. I am Craig Mish, and we got another two hours to go here on the show. Hope you're listening to the whole thing, if not on demand, and we'll be right back on FST. Don't go away. Maurice Allen,
0: 2015 2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017, world number one Go to
2: GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs.
3: Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wager on your college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem?
2: Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details.
5: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Now what goes up
2: must come down. Three up, three down. What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of an inning.
1: All right, welcome back. It's time for a little three up, three down here on Fantasy Sports Today, July 26th, 2019. We got a fun show ahead for you. But before we do all that, I want to tell you what's trending up and trending down for me here on the show. It's very simple, and we call it three up, three down. You guys could let me know, by the way, if you have any suggestions for this all the time at Craig Mish at FNTSY Radio. So let's go ahead and get started with the up. Danny Santana of the Texas Rangers is one of like the one of the under the radar players this year that no one has even talked about, and, and, and he's one of those guys that everyone says. Is not sustainable. He doesn't walk. But, I mean, he had his 14th home run yesterday. He has six RBIs yesterday. He's got 42 on the season. So, Danny Santana's on pace for a 20 home run, 70 run driven in season. Like, insane. Insane. A, a complete, not only non-drafted player in fantasy, not even a guy picked up on the waiver wire in April. Like, zero trust for this guy. But yet, he keeps on doing it. And now... With word of Joey Gallo and the broken hammock bone, I don't think think we're going to see Joey Gallo again this season. So Danny Santana is playing every day the rest of the year, guys. And if you're playing in a league where you need some bombs and you need some steals, I think you got to add him. Even in a 10- or 12-team league, he's going to play. I don't know how he's doing it. He was an afterthought going into this year. He's been an afterthought for a couple of years, but... Texas beat Oakland last night 11-3, and Santana has been a fantasy star this year. He's been really good. Uh, so that's my first one. My second one is I am happy to see. Now, look, I don't get too caught up in movie reviews, okay? Now, remember, uh, a lot of the movies that I see are kids' movies because I'm always taking my son or daughter to the movies. It's rare that I see an adult movie. I saw the movie yesterday yesterday. And that was the first adult movie I've seen in the movies, I, I want to say, in a year or two at least. But this uh, this movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, by Quentin Tarantino, who's one of my favorites, is getting a lot of solid publicity. So I'm going to trend up with that. I'm happy to see that because uh, the last movie that he made uh, was, was just so long and boring. It was like four hours. I don't even remember the name of it. Um, Something to, uh, I I have to look it up. I'll Google it. I should have done that before the show. Either way, it was long. It was three hours. I saw it in like a super high def or whatever it was. It was a break in the middle. I don't want to see all that. Two hour movies fine with me. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes out today. I'm going to check it out. Hopefully over the weekend or next week as well. So that's my second trending up. My third trending up. I'm rooting for this player in the NBA. And I can't say that about a lot of guys, but I watched Taco Fall play at the University of Central Florida for a couple of years. Honestly, I think I thought that he was going to be uh, you know, drafted a little bit higher. I, I thought that he'd be a little bit better, and he ended up going to the Boston Celtics, and he signed his rookie contract. So congratulations to him. That kind of means that he's going to be on the team in October. This is going to be the biggest player in the NBA in terms of height. And uh, he blocks some shots. He, he has some offensive game. Definitely good defensive game. And I want to say that he'll be better than some of these other, uh, you know, really big dudes like the seven foot ten guys like Manute Bowl in the past. I, I think he can play a little bit. So uh, congratulations to Taco Fall from UCF. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, just look online. You'll see who he is. He'll be on uh, Boston this year. He signed his one year deal. All right. Uh, in terms of trending down. Now, there's a couple of things that I wanted to mention. I was just going to start with the New York Giants on the trending down because I saw that uh, Sterling Shepard broke his finger and was going to miss probably most of the preseason. And then I saw a story today, and Sean, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw that Corey Coleman, who I think lines up as their three, their number three wide receiver, maybe two, uh, is going to be out for the season. Yep, Torres ACL. That's the okay, report. was he the two or the three there? for Three. For the Giants? Okay, he was the three, so I'm right about that. Good. My, my Now, to be honest with you, like I said, once we get to August, you'll get a clear, concise Craig Mish with all the fantasy football, but I'm knee-deep still into baseball here. So, uh, yeah, Coleman, to me, it was not somebody that I wanted on my team anyway, but I think what happens with this is if you're playing, like, in a dynasty league or a super deep league, You may have to look at Latimer or some other options on the Giants. They're going to have to suit up a a number one wide receiver. And if Eli Manning is the starter at the beginning of the year, Eli Manning, if he starts five games, is going to throw 10 touchdowns. That's going to happen. So give Evan Ingram, I suppose, a little bit of a boost with the news the last couple of days for sure. And we'll figure out in the preseason who ends up starting at wide receiver. And by the way, I don't think the preseason means nothing for the Giants, at least from an organizational point of view. About 10 years ago, they had some kid named Victor Cruz who led up the preseason ended up winning a job, and you know the rest is history with him. and went on to have a really nice career. So we'll keep an eye on the Giants for sure who ends up being their receivers. I just don't know. Not going to be a good team. Okay, uh, my second trending down, the Washington Nationals bullpen. Everyone is taking their time. We haven't seen any trades, right? I think they're probably coming in the next few days. But the Nationals, who have been one of the best teams in baseball since the month of April, people thought they were done. Yesterday, they had a 7-5 to five lead. People are tweeting out, oh, look at the Nationals. They're winning again. Fernando Rodney comes in the game. Matt Grace comes in the game. Both those guys' ERAs are 6 or 7. This has got to stop. The Nationals need some help they got to get some help. you got to mortgage some of your future for the present. Washington can't go another season without a postseason berth. They need to get in. It's been years since they've done anything relevant, even without Bryce Harper. This is a nice statement. Go, Washington. Get yourself some bullpen help. Get Colomay. Get Shane Green. Uh, Get some help in the eighth or ninth inning to help uh, Doolittle. Doolittle cannot throw 100 games in one season, and he's already – gone way over what he normally is. So, National's bullpen trending down for me after they take that loss yesterday. And then, uh, finally, my other trending down is... uh, And and I'm not really... uh, I'm not understanding this, like, how anyone can think that this is real and this is going to happen. But I saw it, so I figured I would mention it. There is an organization that apparently has gotten over 58,000 signatures for a petition to move halloween and and this is a story like there's millions of people in the universe like what who gives a bleep about 58,000 people what they want to move halloween because i guess it falls on a weekday so they want to put it the week before to enjoy the weekend and it's more than just halloween let me explain to you i could not be happier to see halloween come and go quickly okay Uh, When when I was a kid, maybe a little bit different, and I'm sure that my kids will love it and they can't wait for it. But as an adult, I want this thing to come on the 31st and end on the 1st. I do not need two or three days of Halloween. You know who Halloween is for? It is for kids who are trick-or-treating. It is for older kids who are into that night, and it's basically for adults who are not married and have no kids and think that this is still a big deal, okay? You guys can go enjoy several days of Halloween, give me my 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Halloween stint walking around a neighborhood, either mine or somewhere else's, where my kids are thrilled, they get dressed up, they have a lot of candy, and then the day ends and we move bleeping forward. That's it. No more, no less. I don't need it. I don't need to go anywhere for it. I hate to sound like the old guy yelling at the crowd and the curmudgeon, but I can deal with it. I love the holidays in December. New Year's Eve, I'm all about it. But I got I, – look, I'm just I, – I don't need Halloween to be more than – two. I mean, trick-or-treating for, what, three days? Are you insane? Like, come on, man. It's, it's enough. The one day was good. So who is signing this petition? I don't know. But it makes very little sense that this is even a story. But if you don't believe what I'm saying you know, and you're listening on your phone right now, you're listening on the FNTSY app, minimize it. Pull up Safari. Pull up uh, Google Chrome. And, and Google Halloween petition, and you'll see what I'm talking about. And, and all the other things that we have to worry about in this world, that's what people are really concerned with, extending Halloween. Anyway, that is my three-up, three-down for today. How about your three-up, three-down? Let me know at Craig Mish at FNTSY Radio. Coming up next, we'll have a little game of You Make the Call. There was a retirement yesterday in Major League Baseball. It will surround around that. We'll tell you what's going on in the baseball slate for today. Michael Waldo's also going to join us coming up at 1240 Eastern. Frank Stample a little bit later in the show, as well as Matt Sells. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish, and we'll be right back in just a couple of minutes right here on FNTSY Radio. Don't go away.
2: the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212 299 5170 to book now. That's 212 299 5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to maidsailors.com. That's maidsailors.com
6: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
1: Become the eighth person to win a million dollars at a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer or become one of the countless numbers of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. If you're playing daily fantasy sports and not using dailyroto.com, you are doing it wrong. Head on over and check out their tools for NFL, MLB, PGA, NBA, NHL, and sports wagering, or get access to all of them by using the Daily Roto Elite package. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% off discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. We got a full weekend ahead of us. We have baseball. We got NFL training camps. We got our first uh, preseason game next week. We got the Major League Baseball trade deadline coming up next week. It's going to be fun. Uh, I, I would say that July, in terms of sports, I know as a terrestrial talk show host, and even a fantasy talk show host in general, we always kind of look at the month of July to take a vacation in our business, and and I get it, I understand it. I I am a big baseball guy, so it doesn't matter to me. Got the All Star Game, Home Run Derby, but it's rare to have uh, days in July that are that are cool for sports. It's just oh, August starts, college football starts, and and uh, baseball postseason everything. But the thirty first next week is going to be good. Is going to be fun. I, I do. I, I do think that there are going to be a lot of trades. I think there'll be a lot for us to discuss. Uh, and on the 31st, I don't know so much, but that August 1st, we'll uh, recap every trade, do as much as we possibly can, cover the trade deadline from every angle right here on Fantasy Sports Today. All right. It is time now, as we always do, to throw up a little poll, give you guys an opportunity to weigh in on a fantasy topic and what we do is we do this every day and we call the segment you make the call
2: you make the
1: call hello all right little you make the call here for July 26 2019 i'm i'm very straightforward with uh, with this one here very straightforward so, um, Troy Tulowitzki of the Colorado Rockies, Toronto Blue Jays, and short stint, very short stint, by the way, with the New York Yankees, decided to hang him up. And uh, what I thought was, you know, a real unfortunate career, honestly, for, for Tulowitzki. he's not going to be a Hall of Famer, we know that. Guys on the Rockies have a hard time getting in the Hall of Fame as it is. How is Larry Walker not in the Hall of Fame? Uh, Rockies guys just don't get the same respect because they play at altitude. And a lot of Tulewitzki's years, in fact, his best years were all in uh, Colorado. So he decided to retire yesterday. I'll dive in a little bit more on him. But let's ask the question, which shortstop had a better fantasy baseball career? Troy Tulowitzki or, and this is where I needed a, a comp, a comparison. And I used Miguel Tejada. I think that's a pretty good comp for a fantasy career. I don't know what you guys think, but I'll give you the opportunity to vote. You make the call. Which shortstop had a better fantasy baseball career? Go right now to Twitter at FNTSY Radio at Craig Mish and vote on who had a better career, Troy Tulowitzki in fantasy or Miguel Tejada. Remember, Miguel Tejada's career went on for like, I don't know, like four or five years after he was completely done. Uh, Tejada went from Oakland to Baltimore. He signed a monster contract with them. He was never the same. He was still good, though. He had one really great year with Baltimore. Uh, but then after that, you know, went around to Houston, Kansas City. It's, he was he got popped for PEDs. It was like a waste of an end of a career for Tejada. In fact, I was driving to a dentist office here in South Florida and saw Tejada like standing outside a car, like just hanging out. It was, it was kind of weird, actually. But but I think their careers are similar, so go right now and vote on You Make the Call, Troy Tulowitzki, Miguel Tejada, and let me know. And before the end of the show, we'll end up uh, giving you some results. That's our You Make the Call for today. Okay, uh, some trade discussion, trade rumors. Let's get back to that in a minute. John Heyman of MLB Network reporting this morning. Uh, let's see. Jared Dyson drawing some trade interest. Dyson maybe the Cubs as a possibility. He stole uh, 22 bases, I believe, this year so far. So, uh, you know, wherever he goes, it's going to be a lot less playing time for him. Keep that in mind. Dyson's played quite a bit in the last month because David Peralta's been on the injured list. I don't know if you guys saw if you guys caught this yesterday, but Yasmani Tomas was recalled by the Diamondbacks too. And he's going to play this weekend in Miami. I didn't see that one coming, but he's had a really nice uh, minor league career. And we'll see if that translates to the majors. Remember, Tomas signed a big deal with Arizona and was more or less a bust after one phenomenal season. And he hasn't been in the big league since. And so he's going to get a chance to play. So we'll keep an eye on that for you guys. I'll be at the game tonight and I'll uh, and I'll you know certainly report back. Uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune reports Syndergaard as a possibility to the Twins. Now, that would be a great spot, I think, for Minnesota. Would they give up Alex Kariloff, Royce Lewis? These are former first-round picks of theirs. I don't know the answer to that. But again, the rumors are just flowing pretty heavily with Syndergaard. And so now we've heard Yankees, we've heard Astros, we've heard Twins. Uh, also, Robbie Ray. From Ken Rosenthal, says the Brewers are among the teams showing interest in him. Robbie Ray's ERA is 3.95, 123 innings, 162 strikeouts. Brandon Woodruff, injured list. Jolie Chassin, injured list. Uh, who who are the Brewers starting these days? Kyle Davies and Gio Gonzalez? It's, uh, it's not pretty. So it, does, I would have to assume the Brewers end up making some sort of trade. I mean, I, I mean, are they really gonna gonna go down this road again? Now, remember, if a play, the, the only difference with the trade and a player gets designated for assignment is a player that gets DFA'd after ten days can go play anywhere else. So it, so while there is a trade deadline, if somebody gets DFA'd, for example, on August the first, and I'm not saying that any of the players that I mentioned will, in ten days they could get signed, but it could be too late at that point. The other thing that was brought up to me yesterday that I thought was interesting is that players that normally wouldn't get – and follow me on this one. Players that wouldn't normally get called up in September will probably get called up in August because it will give players opportunities that they wouldn't have normally had because there is no second trade deadline on August the 31st. I hadn't really thought about that. So players that, for example, we talked about rookies, Luis Urias, Gavin Lux, Jesus Lazardo, those players could have waited until the day before September, get called up, and then you could qualify for the postseason roster. But this year, teams are going to be in a little bit more of a pickle because they can't acquire anyone in August. And so, therefore, the odds are they'll get called up to the big leagues and play sooner. So uh after this Sunday in in your season long leagues after the waiver period goes off there's a chance that if you don't add one of these young rookies you're not going to be able to get them the following week cuz they're going to get called up once the trade trading deadline comes and goes on the 31st. So that's just something else to you know just kind of keep an eye on uh and as we go. And and to me based on the numbers I think uh Lux is probably the most likely guy to get called up. I would I would see I would say that. Another interesting uh, tweet set out by the way, and I have no idea how, you know the weigh in on this. this this came uh, when we started the show. Mike Francesa of uh, WFAN, the uh, sports Pope as uh, he's known by uh, tweeted this out. We and this is wild. We already have enough fools in New York. We don't need Bauer. By the way, when his baseball accomplishments approach mine in broadcasting, he will have arrived. Wow. Where's that coming from? I think any team would be very lucky to have Trevor Bauer. I don't know. That's that's uh not not shocking to see anything coming from uh Mike Francesa, but at the same time. I am uh, I am all in on Trevor Bauer being uh, traded to the Yankees <laughs> or, or even the Mets. Why would the Indians even trade Trevor Bauer right now? I don't get it. I mean, they're right there for the postseason. And Trevor Bauer's under contract next year, isn't he? I, I don't get it at all. The, the Indians are still a good team. Uh, the Indians should be adding players. They should be subtracting players. I guess because there's a chance they only get the wild card. That would be the reason why. It doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense to me. If I am Cleveland, I would add a bat of some kind. Like maybe, uh, maybe Jose Abreu or someone else would not be punting on my season when I'm 15 games over 500. I know that Shane Bieber has played well, pitched well. I know that Kluber is coming back and maybe Carrasco too. And they already have Clevenger. They do have an embarrassment of riches at pitching. But deal with that in the offseason, not at the deadline when you have a chance to go far. Trevor Bauer at a one-game playoff against any pitcher in the American League? I mean, look, I give him a chance. He may not be Cole or Verlander. I, I get that. But he's up there. He's a... He's a top-five starter in the American League, I think, still, even though he hasn't had as good as a year as some people think. So that's my opinion on that for sure. Michael Waldo will weigh in on this in a little bit, and we'll talk to him about everything going on in fantasy baseball, mix in some fantasy football as well. We've got you covered here until 2 o'clock on the East, and then we're going to turn it over to full-time fantasy. Dr. Roto and Adam Ronis will have the latest. And I'm sure touch on these uh, very sad injuries to the New York Giants, who have now lost two of their top three wide receivers going into the season. Did not expect to see that. More fantasy sports coming up today. FNTSY, FST, Michael Waldo joins us after the break. Don't go anywhere.
6: Message and data rates may apply.
0: Hi,
2: I'm Frank Thomas, the Big Hurt.
6: To get your complimentary bottle, text youth to 321321. That's Y-O-U-T-H to
5: 321321.
2: The morning after,
3: I called one eight hundred gambler uh, last night. Actually, oh, you did? Yeah, I tried to put parlay, in. they told me, "Sir, this is uh, this is the helpline." Said, "Oh, one eight hundred gamblers. That sounds like, <laughs> it's a great, great number. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, it, it actually, bid on my radio. Yeah, see right there. I, I give people don't realize. I give usually about five, three to five, eight level jokes a day. Weekdays 9
2: a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
1: All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish here with you, and we'll be here until two o'clock on the East. Joining us now to talk a little fantasy sports is our friend from Fantistics. Michael Waldo is with us as we zoom as we zoom in here on the trade deadline and get ready for a little football. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for coming on once again. It's a Friday, so good to talk to you. How's, how's it going for you today?
0: Hey, it's going pretty well, Craig. I'm excited for the trade deadline. It's going to be a fun one this year, obviously with a little bit uh, different uh, feel to it with the just being one trade deadline, no waiver deadline this year. I think teams took advantage of that last year. They got rid of it, and now it's hopefully going to be an exciting, uh, you know, couple of days leading up to it
1: yeah I think you're right I, I think that um, at least from from the outside looking in is what baseball's trying to avoid is a situation and again, Houston was just playing ball, but a situation where you're able to get Justin Verlander at the end of a season for September and the guy ends up winning you a World Series you didn't have the guy on the roster the whole year like they, they want a little bit more stability there and I think the other thing Mike that they want to do, is create some buzz. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that what we're seeing, at least for me, I don't know if you agree with this or disagree, and and look, I'm not I'm not going to use the word collusion or anything else, but it wouldn't hurt, Michael, to have every trade go down on the 31st. Would it? Like, create that wild day? I think that'd be fun. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I, you know what? I can't remember. Correct
0: me if I'm wrong here, but I can't remember... Before the deal between Boston and and L.A. where that massive deal with Carl Crawford and Beckett and Adrian Gonzalez and all those guys uh, between, you know, those two teams in August, I can't remember there really being many trades that happened on the, waiver, on the waiver time. I mean, am I just misremembering, or has that been kind of exploited since that deal kind of just broke the floodgates open?
1: Um, you know what? I think so. It does sound like that. And I think that there is a point every year that teams are going to try and take advantage of that little thing in August. But I think you're right. I, I don't really remember it. But, I, I, but, but you know, obviously, Mike, the Verlander deal was the one that broke the mold. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah I mean, oh, yeah. If it, I mean, imagine that. Like, uh, imagine, for example, let's say Tampa Bay. They do nothing right now and the day before the trade deadline's over oh, let's just go ahead and get Syndergaard to go in the world <laughs> series they're going to avoid that you know they they want teams to they, they don't they don't mind teams taking advantage of the trade deadline they just don't want that happening i think a day before september and it really worked out well for houston at the time not so much for detroit did they get anything back good in that deal by the way i don't I, any of those guys no, dax cameron i don't think they have no, anything from that deal yeah. no
0: it yeah there's not, i don't think they have uh much at all to show for but you know, I think in terms of this year and in, Cindergaard, in and it sounds like the asking price on Cindergaard is rightfully high. Um, but I mean, the latest report I you know I saw was they want a Major League ready starting pitcher plus prospects. I mean, that's a pretty hefty price to pay for a guy that they've made known they really don't want. They don't, they don't have plans to extend him. They don't really need him, want him on the roster, want him around. It seems like they've kind of shown their cards, and now they're trying to backtrack and get more than what they're probably going to be able to get. Um, it'll be, you know, interesting to see what they do end up getting. I, I, I mean, Houston has the prospects, and yeah. Houston would be a, an incredible landing spot for him. I have a hard time seeing the Mets trade him within division to the Braves, but it sounds like the Braves. Um, are also you know in on it and have a pretty good shot at landing it. From a fantasy perspective, what does this do? Obviously, Syndergaard, if he changes leagues for only leagues, it's a huge loss for you know NL leagues. It's a huge gain for AL. This is why when you're doing the FAB bidding throughout the year, if you're in an only league, you need to make sure you reserve a little bit for a game-changer like Syndergaard to change the leagues. Um, from a single-season, regular-formatted league, It's going to obviously boost his value to go to a contender, but I don't know. I I have a hard time seeing Syndergaard have the type of impact that Verlander did a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, and and the other thing for me, too, is that there's nothing wrong with the Mets kind of exploring the market, but it would seem to me that if you're going to move a player of this magnitude, you wait till the winner, and, and you have 20 teams involved in this as opposed to six because, yeah, you're right, Mike. There are some NL teams that kind of feel that they're in it. But are we really taking the Giants seriously? Are we really taking Arizona all that seriously, these middling teams over 500? Uh, for me, with Syndergaard, Michael, I would say this. If if I, if I there are two teams that I think that he could make the biggest impact on, you hit one on Houston. Nobody goes to Houston and doesn't come out looking like a Cy Young Award winner. We see this all the time. Garrett Cole, Verlander, Charlie Morton. Syndergaard would be a stud in Houston for sure. And the other team would be Milwaukee. You know, Milwaukee has to get a starting pitcher of some kind down yeah. the stretch. If if they have any idea or want to be in this thing, they got to do it. Does St. Louis need it? Sure, they could use it. But, Michael, how, how does Milwaukee expect to contend in any way, shape, or form in the postseason with the pitching that they have? I, I know it worked for them last year with Hayter and Jeremy Jeffers and Knable, but those guys aren't even there. I, I don't get it, what Milwaukee's doing.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't have any idea what they're doing. Now the problem with Milwaukee is you know they're gonna be asking for testing Hira in, in the deal and Milwaukee, yeah, they have the positional depth to probably be able to take that hit. But I just I can't see a deal being done with, with uh, Milwaukee without you know, Hira being the, the primary asking point. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I think he would be a huge game changer and a difference maker in that division. I think it would definitely make it a lot more competitive between, you know, the Cardinals Cubs and the the Brewers down the stretch for that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the team you can, you touched on the giants and talking about, are they for real? And I think that that's a situation that really fascinates me because they have a lot of pieces that a lot of teams would be interested in, especially relievers. And if, it's true that Bumgarner is not going to be dealt. Does that then force the re- the you know the the management to then say, okay, I guess we're going to try to make a run for it and hold on to all the relievers, or do they say, fine, Madison, I understand you have the no trade clause; you're not going to waive it, uh, but we're going to basically break this thing down around you, and and then you're yeah. going to be left with. It. I think that's going to be the fascinating storyline for me to watch over the yeah. next few days.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And, and and look, I. <laughs> I mean, Farhan Saidi, what a terrible position for him to have to be in. He's ready to trade everything, and, and because of Bochy and the fans and everything else, he may have to stand pat. Lucky for me, I'll see the Diamondbacks this weekend, so I'll get a better chance as to understanding what they're going to do. Um, you know, I, I, is, are there players right now, Michael, for you? Because we may not talk until the deadline next week. Are there players for you that you're like, wow, I hope this happens for me? as an individual to help my fantasy team like is there a deal out there that can make or break any of your teams this year or a player that you're waiting to see gets traded that you're monitoring that you could pick up uh or or, or anything that's out there that could help you that you're waiting on
0: no there's nothing
1: specific that i'm just you know watching the news that
0: i'm specifically hoping for i think the biggest thing with any of these moves is typically there's so many different moving parts and um, it's not just the player getting dealt, it's, well, who's coming back? What's the impact on that coming back? So just because the player gets dealt doesn't necessarily mean that that prospect that you're hoping um, will get a shot with that player move, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be an automatic call-up. And it's, it's almost like, um, you know, when you're, when you're trading on the stock market, you might hear a piece of news and think it's going to go one way, but then the market goes the other way. And I think that the same is true with the trade deadline. Um, you you want to kind of see the dust settle and get, see the pieces move. I think as a fantasy owner, you obviously need to be proactive, and try to anticipate some of these players that are consistently popping up in the news. And, and maybe if you have a need, um, you know, try to arrange depth um, to accordingly. This is going to be the last fad period that we have before the trade deadline. I think it's going to be an important one to try to do some of these speculative moves before the cost goes up exponentially uh, in August. But at the same time, I hate to invest a lot of money, especially in like closers. We talked about that a lot last week. But I hate to invest right. a lot of moves on these handcuffs because who knows who's going to come back in the deal? Who knows who else is going to get dealt? Like like San Francisco, you could go out and, and go pick up a Tony Watson, hoping that Will Smith gets traded. But then Tony Watson could go somewhere else, and then what are you <laughs> left with? <it? laughs> right. You know. So that's my that's kind of where I'm at with the deadline. I don't like to speculate too much in the head because, quite frankly, uh, I am not an MLB insider by any means or any stretch of the imagination. So any move that I do will just be off public information, and it's no better than anybody else in my league, and I'll probably be wrong.
1: Yeah, I think that's where I have a little bit of an advantage. Although I can't take advantage if I'm in last place, it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> and, that, and that is indeed the case in uh, in one of my leagues. In the other one, I lost Blake Snell. Man, that was that, uh, was, that, that was,
0: was a good. brutal day. That, yeah. Just that. Uh, I, I feel for you. I feel for Blake Snell himself. I mean, coming off of such a great year last year, I expected some regression, but it's been a really difficult year for him. I do expect him to bounce back, though, Craig. I mean, I think he is legitimately one of the best starting pitchers in the league, and he will be for a very long time. So, I mean, I don't think from the long term it's really taken the shine off, but yeah, certainly for, for 2019 it's been a huge disappointment.
1: Yeah, and and it didn't really... It impacts fantasy in a big way, and, and, and also the Gallo injury impacts fantasy in yes. a big way, but it didn't impact the trade deadline uh, I don't think at all. I mean, if I said to you... Michael, that Marcus Stroman was the biggest impact player traded at the deadline. If 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 you had to guess on that, does that sound right to you? That that yeah. may be the biggest player. I think so. I, I think just the
0: market for the teams right now, teams are so unwilling to give up the, the prospects with and you know younger players with team control that I, I wouldn't shock me at all that that is. Um, that Stroman would be maybe the biggest name, especially when it comes to. I mean, maybe pitching um, bats. I could see a big bat go. You know, I've mentioned. Um, you know, the White Sox. I think the White Sox have to sell. Um, I, I I don't think I think they're. Um, I think they're kidding themselves if they think they're going to be able to compete uh, in that division. Yeah. And you know, I could see a brave getting moved in that case, and maybe they that's should. the biggest. That, yeah, yeah, they
1: should trade him. I don't know what they're doing. I I think, Mike, what's happening with the, with the White Sox? is and, and and this is what I've heard at least that they're trying to create goodwill with their fans after all this losing and saying uh, you know let's let's show them that we can finish 500 or something like that. You know, you know how teams do that and and then they'll promote at the end of yep. the year to their season ticket base we're almost there we finished 500 that's a big mark. But you're right man like why in the world would they keep Callame or keep Abreu? I don't I mean if they're not going to extend Abreu now why would he go back there in the off season? I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. Honestly, if I, the fan base should hold them accountable
0: if they don't trade them. That's what they should be more upset about than, than being excited about finishing 500. It should be, hey, let's just keep, continue to build up our depth for when we are ready to compete. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm looking, Craig. I, I think you're right. I think Strowman's gone. Um, I, I think um, – but beyond that, I think it's going to be a very reliever-heavy – Um, trade deadline. I think we're going to see a lot of relievers, um, you know, change addresses. I don't expect to see any really huge, you know, name breakers go. I, I, I don't think Cindergaard is going to go. I don't think they're going to get what they want. Um, Edwin Diaz has been rumored too, but I have a hard time seeing any team, any contending team, you know, A, pick up that contract, B, pick him up with the way he's been pitching, and then C, you know, pay anything of any value to the Mets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Mets, are. if the Mets trade Syndergaard or do anything like that, Mike, it's just basically trying to get, you know, 30 cents on the dollar for these trades that they've made. I, I think that trade that they made with Cano is going to come back to bite them bad. Like, this kid done yeah. done and Kalenic. Both. I think those players are going to be stars. I think they may have messed that one up. Okay. Uh, Michael Waldo is with us at Michael Waldo on Twitter. You can always follow him. Good friend to the show. Uh, tell us what's going on at Fantastics in terms of baseball and even football over the weekend, Mike. Uh, the last couple of minutes we have here with you.
0: Yeah, football. Um, you know, football's is obviously ramping up, but on the baseball side, we're still going strong. We do um, even through the whole baseball season, we you know we send out daily blurbs. We send out our midseason rankings. We continue to publish information. I'm writing a closure article. I publish it every week at insiderbaseball.com. You can get a pick up a subscription for the rest of the year. Or check out the football product. It is ramping up our drafts uh, software is one of the best um in the league. I know I know I'm I'm biased, but it's one of the best in the industry. I've done very well from it. The players that we predict have been done very, very well. For baseball, for example, we predicted the, the Rafael Devers breakout. So uh, check that out, fantistics.com. Like statistics, only F-A-N at the beginning.
1: Awesome. Well, always uh, the guys from Fantistics uh, winning and winning a lot, as Mike has done for many years in fantasy. Uh, we'll definitely check in with you next week, Mike, to get all the results here of the uh, trade deadline. Thanks so much for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Have a great one, okay? You,
0: you too, Craig. Thank you.
1: All right, Michael Waldo on Twitter, at Michael Waldo. He'll be analyzing all of these fantasy trades over the next week or so. Also at Fantastics, you want to stay tuned to them. We still roll here with baseball. I've been very clear with you guys here on Fantasy Sports Today. We are baseball heavy this week. We are baseball heavy all through next week. And then we'll start kicking in the football uh, the following week. Look for that to come here the second week in August. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish. Best of our first hour is coming up, and I'll be back for hour number two. Don't go away.
5: eight hundred nine six one thirty six thirty one
6: eight hundred nine six one thirty six thirty one eight hundred nine six one thirty six thirty one eight hundred nine six one three six three one DailyRoto dot com
2: They are now 12 wins in their last 18 games since Tyler Skaggs passing. And it's interesting. A lot of the players, Cole Calhoun, who's been on fire for the Angels, a lot of guys in that locker room pointing, saying it's um, it's crazy, but they just they feel different. Their, their approach, everything has changed since they said that Tyler Skaggs has passed, and they're playing like something has changed. Weekdays, 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern, on the FNTSY Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig May-
1: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Robbie Ray's ERA is 3.95, 123 innings, 162 strikeouts. Brandon Woodruff, injured list. Jolie Chassin, injured list. Uh, who, who are the Brewers starting these days? Kyle Davies and Gio Gonzalez? It's, uh, it's not pretty. So it, does, I would have to assume the Brewers end up making some sort of trade. I mean, I, I mean, are they really gonna gonna go down this road again? Now, remember, if a play, the, the only difference with the trade and a player gets designated for assignment is a player that gets DFA'd after ten days can go play anywhere else. So it, so while there is a trade deadline, if somebody gets DFA'd, for example, on August the first, and I'm not saying that any of the players that I mentioned will, in ten days they could get signed, but it could be too late at that point. The other thing that was brought up to me yesterday that I thought was interesting is that players that normally wouldn't get – and follow me on this one. Players that wouldn't normally get called up in September will probably get called up in August – because it will give players opportunities that they wouldn't have normally had because there is no second trade deadline on August the 31st. I hadn't really thought about that. So, players that, for example, we talked about rookies, Luis Urias, Gavin Lux, Jesus Lazardo, those players could have waited until the day before September, get called up, and then you could qualify for the postseason roster. But this year, teams are going to be in a little bit more of a pickle because they can't acquire anyone in August. And so, therefore, the odds are they'll get called up to the big leagues and play sooner. So uh, after this Sunday in, in your season-long leagues, after the waiver period goes off, there's a chance that if you don't add one of these young rookies, you're not going to be able to get them the following week because they're going to get called up once the trade trading deadline comes and goes on the 31st. So that's just something else to you know just kind of keep an eye on uh, and as we go and and to me based on the numbers, I think uh, Lux is probably the most likely guy to get called up. I would I would see I would say that. Another interesting uh, tweet set out by the way, and I have no idea how you know the weigh in on this. This this came uh, when we started the show. Mike Francesa of uh, WFAN, the uh, sports pope, as uh, he's known by, uh, tweeted this out. We And this is wild. We already have enough fools in New York. We don't need Bauer. By the way, when his baseball accomplishments approach mine in broadcasting, he will have arrived. Wow. Where's that coming from?